0: What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist, and a designer, and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have Omar from, what do you call it, Ohms Creative? That's what I always think of.
1: Yeah, so um, because people call me Ohms, um, my handle right now is Ohms Create, so at Ohms Creates on Instagram, although Omar Hopkinson or Ohms is what a lot of people call me by, um, website to come, so we'll figure that out.
0: All right, cool, cool. So man, let's just check in, like how how are you?
1: Man, I'm good. I'm blessed, fortunate, grateful, um, all of those those good things. You know, I I wouldn't lie to not say that um, I'm tired, but it's a good tired. It's one of those tireds where, you know, you wake up knowing that your your body, your brain and everything is a bit spent, but it's almost like an alternator, which is also charging the battery to keep going. And so um, I'm not going to deny the fact that the work is challenging. Um, and the work is, you know, bountiful at the, at the same time, you know, you, you, you get up every day for it. So I'm actually yeah. good, you know, I'm balancing family, you know, doing like everybody else, navigating the whole up and down lockdown situation. Um, yeah. but you know what, making sure that I'm looking forward to, uh, to the next thing, sometimes next three things without being impatient, right. Just accepting the moment that I'm in that.
0: Yeah true that's all you could do man it's like all you could do so like uh time flies we we first met because i ran into you at this uh marked event in toronto and i'll be speaking at a marked event tomorrow and uh yeah it's it's wild we ended up sort of staying in touch on Instagram and then like randomly we ran into each other in a clubhouse room last year. And it was like, yo.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 That was, that was, that was, you know what? I think energy is like that, right? Like Mm -hmm. the right people come together at the right times. Um, Some environments bring us together, you know, without us even expecting it. You know, sometimes it's an event where you're like, ah, I don't know if I should go or what I'm going to get out of this, but let me just show up. And and that's, that's the, that's the rule for me, not even the rule, but that's the lesson for me is that as long as I keep showing up because I am the product, right. Mm -hmm. I I am the shelf. So if I don't put myself in spaces where people could see the product displayed, um, I won't be able to run into, you know, Kings like yourself and and other people who are actually in the space looking to run into Kings like myself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I was actually very, it was almost one of those situations on clubhouse where, I mean, I don't really mess with Clubhouse too much anymore just because it's just just a little bit crowded on there. And I feel like everybody who never made it as a IG or Facebook superstar decided to be a Clubhouse star, which is fine. Everybody has their own thing, but I don't mess with it too much. But look, for that small period of time, I was able to connect with some really cool people that I've actually been able to keep those relationships with. And then going into a room where, you know, I was like, ah, wait a second, is that Dwayne? And then I'm like, (laughs) as much as I was surprised, I wasn't. I was like, this makes sense. And so, you know, when being able to say, yo, what up, it's me. And we were like, ah, bless. And now we can, you know, continue that conversation in not a clubhouse, but in a real life, as much as we can, you know, at, at a distance, um, was a really good a fortunate thing.
0: Yeah. If anything, I, I would say that's been the beauty of club also was the beauty of it, whatever, wherever status it's at, because yeah. it seems like a lot of people Made relationships from there. I actually learned a lot about the NFT space there that I I hadn't even heard of it really before that. But yeah. So it's it's an it's it was an interesting place. Put it
1: that yeah, way. yeah. That's that. You know what? The NFT space was was clearly something new to me. I think at that time it was even just very much just starting to touch the art world a little bit. I dealt yeah. with the crypto stuff a little bit. You know, I'm always having my hands in something. Not wanting to be behind the ball, but once I started learning the NFT space, I caught a little bit from there. You know, cleats and stuff started to form in in Clubhouse and you know just in the whole NFT space altogether. But being able to have some small connections to even those who've actually blown up in that space across the border, it's still good to kind of touch in with them. But um, yeah, man, it's it's a blessing either way you look at it. You got to find the wins out of, yeah. out of the war.
0: So. I found a quote of yours. It says, never ask me what type of art or artist I am. I just
1: understand that I'm a creator. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, I think, I don't know. I don't want to get my Kanye on, but I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the, I may not be a big fan of the approach all the time because that's not, but in my, in my way of looking at people as human beings, uh, I, I, look for not agreement but understanding so in that i'm gonna get my kanye on and i kind of feel like a lot of people want to box you in right As kanye said marginalize you um you know and that's a bigger conversation although as an artist you know a lot of times people will say okay so what kind of art do you do or what kind of artist are you because they they think like a lot of times you see these ads come up they're like artist management but they're talking about music artists, musicians, yeah. right? Um, oh, and I'm like, oh, well, how come no one's managing fine artists? But there are people who do that. So they say, what kind of artists are you? And I'm like, okay, well, I paint, but mm-hmm. I also, you know, curate, and I also mm-hmm. fabricate to a level, a, le- a little bit of a level. I've done clothing in the past, um, sculpting, building, installation, whatever I can do to create yeah. is why I said, Everybody's going to ask me what type of artist I am when they see me in one space doing one thing. And then when they see me in another space and they're like, oh, are you creating anything here or are are you the artist here? And I'm like, actually, I helped create this space. I helped create this energy, this actual experience. I've been working with people behind the scenes. So the definition of creator to me is almost aligned with the definition of leader. Right. Because, you know, and then artist is almost aligned with management, right? Like Mm. as an artist, you just manage the stuff that you do. But as a creator, you're actually leading in the space of developing. So it's kind of like producer, beat maker, like all of these different contrasts. So I'm a big fan of the word creator. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't for those who are religious, you don't necessarily say God is an artist. You know what I mean? You say he's the creator. So on my arm, I literally have the word, you can't see it on here, but it says creator going up my arm.
0: Uh, Yeah, I see it.
1: And it's a lifeline that goes with it. And you know, with my Iron Man on my hand, it's like I have an Iron Man tattoo with like all my tools that are coming out of here because there's any tool I can grab. So that quote for me really stands true Mm -hmm. with essence to don't try to understand one thing, just, try to be with the thing that's here in front of you, which is me. I'm a creator.
0: Yeah, I, I I relate to that in a big way too. And now that I have really decided to zero in on, you know, I, I've had a few different identities as a creator <laughs> yeah. and I still have a lot of different identities. And then I decided, I realized like, I really Enjoy creating my own things where I have 100% say on how it goes or or whatever. But yeah. then I'm like, yo, I paint sometimes. I I, I do digital things sometimes. that are clothing. So when when I think about how I brand myself as an artist, quote, uh, then I'm like, what am I? You know, and 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 you start thinking like that, like oh, those. Bigger, broader words. Just there isn't really one thing that they can properly explain it, you know. Other than creator.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know you're right, man. I've I've been referred to, and this is, you know, it's 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 I've been referred to this, so I would never sort of label myself as something, but someone has called me a Renaissance man, and I'm like, what does that really mean, you know? And then you go to the Googles and you try to, and then like a person who can do almost does anything, and and and. We tend to dumb ourselves down because, and I shouldn't say we, but some of us in the world, when we're really good, yeah, you know, when we're really good at one thing, but then you're not just good at one thing. It's like something you touch. You you, you end up being good at it. You may not be to the level of greatness that you want to be, but you actually are good at it. Like you're like, ah, this is fairly simple for me. I can do it. And so, you know, from music, even like I, I used to rhyme and used to make beats and, and produce music and stuff like that. Well, am I a produ- producer? Well, I wouldn't say I'm a Puff Daddy. I mean, people argue that too, but I wouldn't <laughs> say you know I'm I'm a Ninth Wonder or whoever, But you know, I will say that I'm creative enough to know what the sound should sound like, and if I can figure out the tool, I can bring that sound through, right? Mm-hmm. If I and so you're right. Like it's very much one of those um those things where you have to start accepting yourself for being greater than you sort of dumb yourself down to be just so you can fit. Sometimes we do it to ourselves. Yeah. We're, we're, dumb, we're dumbing our stuff down. So I would, at one, at one point I was like, all right, Oms, people are going to get confused at your brand. I was so worried about the brand. I'm trying to catch up to these young kids on this social media, which is cool. I love it. I'm learning more about it as a tool. And then I realized, I'm like, why do I have to only be a painter? Why do Why do people only have to see my painting why do I have to only show my shoes, like customized shoes? Because there's people coming to me saying, oh, so you're a shoe customizer? I'm like, no, nah, I'm a creator, right? Like, or you do fashion. People don't know that I did fashion for years starting in the yeah. 90s, right? And and people don't know that, you know, some people only know me as a, a hip hop artist. Very mm-hmm. small people, right? Very small group of yeah, people. Yeah. Some people only know me as a painter some people know me as a person who used to put together a lot of parties and then other people know me as fashion right that's where they know me from so depending on the ohms you got through the eras if you stuck with me through the whole thing you would understand the full gambit of what I mm-hmm. what I do and it's similar to yourself you, you're you're a creator in so many different spaces there's no need to even say ah, I can't show this mm-hmm. you, you you should show it we all should be showing everything we got to play big we can't we got to stop playing small and that's why Mm -hmm. my mindset is i think a creator plays big an artist can tend to play small and stay in their basement and only do things that make them feel comfortable you know Mm -hmm. what i mean
0: so you mentioned you mentioned that word brand and that's where i get caught up too it's um that personal brand when someone when you're trying to get the bag you know just yeah put it out there and someone's like what do I need to do? Or what, what do I go to you for? You know what yeah. I mean? And, and they want to know, I'm looking for X, Y, Z, take this money, blah, blah, blah. How do you kind of get around that when you're like, well, I could do this. I could do that. I could yeah. do this. Like, how do you get them to trust you?
1: Yeah. That's a very good question. Um, For me, I I feel like it's been an organic, I guess, uh, uphill or even like journey I shouldn't even say uphill just an organic journey um you know will someone come to me right away to say hey Omar I want you to do this mural on my wall maybe not now more now yes more now because um just because and I'll tell you why in a moment but more now because they, they actually see what I'm kind of, like, doing on my own. I don't even go and ask for the wall. I demonstrate. I, I, I build the wall, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. if you can't give me your wall, well, I'm doing a 7-foot a by 11-foot installation on, on wood, and that's just like a wall. And then I had to start saying, so to the point of, like, how do people figure out your brand? I keep yeah. showing up. And I keep showing up in these spaces. So the people who call me for shoe customization, they may only know the owns for shoe customization. So I take that back. That's mm-hmm. cool. I'm going to take that back. Even though I may have ideas for the other stuff that they can probably get involved with, even though I have ideas for things that they're in spaces that I want to be in as well. Mm-hmm. Like what a lot of people don't realize is that I have an adult educator and facilitator background. So mm-hmm. I teach and I also speak to I do public speaking but mm-hmm. so people don't first of come to me and say, Hey, Alms, I want you to be a public speaker until I actually show up in spaces and speak. And then they like, Oh, he right. actually can hold the crowd. So now they start putting me in that category. And as soon as you show up in one space, they put you in others. So as soon as you do one panel talk or a podcast, mm-hmm. then all the other ones start calling you. So yep. what I do is I just keep showing up in these spaces. Now the brand part, I think if you try to force your brand, unless you're very strategic about it and you only want that to show up about yourself, mm-hmm. I think your brand's going to create itself, right? Mm-hmm. You look at, you look at the, the Gary V's and the Tony Robbins. I'm just talking about those folks or the, the, less, the less Browns, you know, what's, what's Les Brown's brand besides storytelling, mm-hmm. right? What's, what's Tony Robbins' brand besides helping you reflect and think and strategize? He never calls himself a motivational speaker. He calls himself a strategist. Yeah, other right? people call him that. Other people call him that. So people are going to call you what they want. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep showing up in the space that you want, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna emit a light. So like, it really
0: doesn't matter what the other people think. Like, you're, you're, as long as you're showing up authentically.
1: Right now, from a brand, from a corporate brand's perspective, because you and I both have worked with corporations and brands. Yeah you have to be very aware of what their brand is. And uh-huh. so I then take the creator pie and pull the slice that aligns with their brand and feed them that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to um, working with, I don't know, I've done different things, whatever it is, I yeah. pick that piece of the pie and I say, oh, you want mural work? Okay, here's the portfolio of work that I've worked very large on. Oh, you want examples of me speaking? Here's a clip from me speaking on Art Pays Me or speaking on whatever other um, you know, platform that there is. And then there's also other navigations, which I think you've experienced and you'll see, whereas how do you navigate? I don't want to say it, but the snakes in the grass that may actually <laughs> be trying to cover your brand because your your, I guess magnetism or connection to that brand may actually be very much more like stronger at there's in any given moment. It's not Mm. about competition, but you're still dealing with real people here who may not want to put you in a room Mm -hmm. because you may just kill it, Mm. you know? And so I don't focus on that. I just, if I'm not in the room, I'm not in the room, but I guarantee you it's going to come full circle at some point where the room's going to actually open up.
0: So it's like, yeah, it's not limiting yourself but being able to curate those different yes. talents and, and things that you have at the right time. Yeah, yeah, that makes that. sense.
1: That, that was a great way of putting it. I curate the brand. Mm-hmm. I curate the brand that you need to see at any given moment. Listen, Paris Hilton ain't stupid, right? Yeah, absolutely not. He is not dumb. She, neither is um, uh, all the people they say did nothing. Kim <laughs> Kardashian, none of them. These, these yeah. people are brilliant because they realize just like Picasso, Okay, and I'll give you the example of Picasso, which you may know as well. Picasso, people know as doing a style that was taken from Africa. Yeah. Cubism. Mm -hmm. Now, he never started that way. Picasso can paint a very realistic picture from top to bottom stuff that people probably don't associate Picasso to. But when Picasso looked over his shoulder while people were watching and filming him as he drank that carafe of wine. And he's like, oh, this is what you like? All right, let me feed you that piece of pie. And guess what? It takes off. Now, what happens is Picasso's well-known and probably the most popular person known for Cubism. Meanwhile, yeah. that style is not his style, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you got you to curate that brand. There's a lot of live artists out here who weren't doing live art when I was doing live art in like the mid-90s. Yeah. You know, so when you show up at the, the table, or the room now your brand starts to show its validity and its credibility because you can have 12 live artists in a room five of them have just tried it the first time that night another five of them have actually you know been doing it for about five years and then there's two and i'm talking about me and my homie andreas um two of us who've been doing it for 20 something years and only in that room at that time when you line, put them all in the line, like Eric B would say, you know, mm-hmm. then you start realizing, oh, there's a different, there's a different experience level here. Not necessarily talent, because people are talented. No one should take yeah. that away from people. But experience level and navigation level, expertise comes to the top. So I, I, I say, like, the sludge drops to the bottom, the foam floats to the top. It's it's interesting, man.
0: Yeah. So let's actually let's take it back. So you and I talked about this before, but and you kind of alluded to it, but you came up in fashion and music. How did that all kind of piece together? And you you came up with Cardinal and them, I
1: believe. Um yeah yeah, shouts to Cardi. Um... Uh, thanks. I mean, thanks for dropping. I don't, I always tend to like shy away from dropping <laughs> names. But I don't because these guys are my friends first, right? Um, you know, I love them like brothers first. But I was very happy to be right in the middle of what we know as the Toronto scene, even more now. But who would before the Drakes, before mm-hmm. the Weekends, and all that? Like when figures of speech. But I'm talking ghetto concerts and you know, all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, know, those, you know, Citizen Kane. All of those. So. You know, I'll kind of give you that that sort of, I guess, phased approach of how I got to where I'm at. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it kind of started like, Obviously, yeah, it's, when I'm young, I'm doing art, whatever. I'm not going to get into like the day I was born type of stuff. But, you know, um, for me, I was in high school. I was always known as like a person who danced because I used to dance a lot and back up crews and stuff. And I used to go to Scarborough back and forth all the time. When everybody was in Mississauga in the greater Toronto area. I used to leave and go to Scarborough because my family was in Scarborough. Right. So a lot yeah. of people who were in Scarborough thought I lived in Scarborough. They would claim me as a Scarborough kid, but I'm a Saga boy original. So I used to go back and forth. Um, you know, over through high school, I kind of got into a little bit of a mess, like trouble, not, I wasn't a bad kid per se, but I I ended up in a situation where I decided with the, with the guidance of my uncle and my mom to not go back to that school. Because even though I got back in, they kind of have their sights on you now. It's like black kid may have done something wrong. We're going to figure out what he did. Let's watch him next year. So Mm. I left Catholic school and went to Scarborough and moved in with my cousin and my uncle and I went to a place called Agent Court Collegiate in, in Scarborough for grade 12. Listen, mind you, in grade 11, they, they suspended me for like five days without exams. And they thought, like, that's how they're going to get me. But I they don't realize I had already taken two credits ahead in grade nine and 10. So I was already ahead of the courses. So It was like it was relaxed for me. It's fine. So, boom, we go to Scarborough now. I'm there and I'm with, like, you know, just new guy on the block. You know, meeting people, had some friends. And then I just kind of hooked up with a, a good friend there, um, named Amani. And me and Amani used to hang out a lot, you know, just hang out, just mess around. He's to come to my house, go to his house. That's it, just being friends. To one yeah. day this dude's like, yo, we're in the we're in the cast, they're playing dominoes. He's like, yo, this guy's listening to my my song. And I'm like, back in the day, you know, we used to always say, Yo, that's my jam or that's my song yeah. kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, let me hear it. And I'm like, Oh, you like this song? This is cool. That's that new kid, Socrates. He's dope. It's like, nah, dude, that's me. And I'm like, what? That's you. So I'm hanging out with this guy the whole time, not knowing his career is in a different space. But at the same time, because I had no money in school back then, I used to design fronts of notebooks, like agendas. And I used to actually like get um, lunch money for it, right? So I would do $5 customized books. Some people still have their books, right? But even during that time, I met a guy named Marlon Mason, who's actually doing a clothing clothing design called uh, Gangsta Gear is what he called it back in the day. <laughs> and he was working with a guy named Kunle Thomas, as people know as King Rain um, back in the day. And so myself, Marlon and King Rain used to kind of hang out. This before Rain was rapping or at least rapping in the level he was. Rest his soul, King Rain. And so I've started doing t-shirts and I used to flood the school with my shirts. like. This is back in '94, so mm-hmm. I was selling T-shirts for like $25 a pop. People were like, "This is highway robbery." I'm like, "I'm not a flea market." Like already <laughs> early, I was like trying to establish my my level of quality. Right. Boom. I'm flooding it. So now at the end of the school day, socks is like Amani. Socks is like, "Yo, who's selling these T-shirts?" And I'm like, "That's me." So now two minds are in their own spaces are like oh i get it now we come together and he puts his arm around me he's like listen man i'm gonna bring you down to a place called fresh arts i want you to meet some of my peoples down there at fresh arts a community program in toronto mm-hmm. where we do different things i want you to meet some of the family um i have a show with the roots coming up this is when the do you want more album was coming out they were opening up all this stuff he goes i want you to call me so we just brothers right mm-hmm. i go down to fresh arts and I meet the likes of, well, re-meet, but more meet again, the likes of Cardinal, Official, um, Solitaire, Marvel, like pretty much who you know as the Figures of Speech crew at that time, yeah. which then turned into The Circle. So I went through that. So fast forward a little bit. I started working with these guys and working with these guys, going to fresh arts, they're throwing parties. We just came, came close. And as we grew up, I, I was in the middle of this hip-hop sort of bubble of superstars building and also radio personalities and you know raptors you know announcers all these guys like mark strong and and all of them just Mm. building 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 and then i was still creating art and making shirts so i started clothing those guys i started clothing Mm -hmm. them when they were doing tours and whatever the rascals came in put clothes on them but at the same time my man i was in the house music scene doing live painting. Right? I was painting live art back then. Hip-hop scene was only in the graffiti stuff. I was brush painting in clubs, house music parties. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so living these two lives where it's like art on this side, fashion on this side, hip-hop, house music, and that's really where I got a lot of my chops. You know what I mean? And in, in working with these mm. guys.
0: Nice. Nice. That's, uh, that's, that's just so wild and it's, it's funny like like it's just people you're hanging out with just like
1: all family you know yeah <laughs> that's the thing a lot of people look at it as oh you know cardi or oh you know and one thing that me and my brother because we speak you know as often as we can with busy lives we always say before business for friends so mm-hmm. i don't do a ton of business with those guys mm-hmm. um i mm-hmm. mean i'm sure i could have if it panned out that way but we we value our friendships before our working relationships but we all recognize each other in this space of being professionals in our own space right Mm -hmm. I don't interfere with their music even when I did music I didn't do it with those guys right Mm -hmm. um so I did it with my boy Relic and we had a band or a a, you know group and we did stuff so people see these things and they don't realize that they're just human beings going through the same thing as us and straight and fighting so when you see them at the top the pride that you get, not because you know a celebrity, but it's because your brother really you saw that work get put in. Yeah. So when people see me now, where I can still go to other levels, they're happy to see that I'm still doing what I was doing back in grade 10, 11, 12, just still rocking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So so like now, you know, there's different levels. So now you you're on a, you're on a board. Um, you got your own things going like I, I have some experience with uh, board stuff how, how are you handling that or how, how's that working out for you?
1: It's working out. Um, it's actually a, a good learning experience for me so the the way the board came about was actually by accident in a way. you know mm-hmm. I was doing shows you know I lived in Ottawa I was doing shows in Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto um, you know traveling places like new york or whatever doing like just live art shows and spreading art and then when i moved back to where i'm locally staying now in milton ontario i was like you know i could keep doing all these things other places and i will but how do i invest in my community that's like immediately around me because i just felt like there's so much people of my sort of demographic, you know um you know it just in the, interested in the same things that I was interested in. And a lot of my boys, we just stayed quiet and just check each other at these ho- our houses and then hang out. And then if we went out, we went downtown, Toronto. We wouldn't do it locally, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do we stir this up? There's an awareness. And so I ended up just reaching out and asking people to share my information. And I ended up doing this thing called Culture Days, which is a Canada-wide um, initiative. Um, and I actually painted live for free that day for culture days because it's volunteer just to kind of Mm -hmm. spread and contribute that day I was actually doing like three different live shows but this is the first one of the day and so I did it and you know I hit it off with the the people on the board and I actually decided all right in order for me to build relationships in order for me to build oh sorry in order for me to build community I needed to build relationships right Um, so I pride myself on on connecting with people and and Mm -hmm. connecting the dots stakeholder relationships that type of stuff And so I reached out to a person who was actually um, managing the art center at that time, the culture manager of the town. And I was like, that person is, you know, an influential person. And I value their opinion. Let me pick their brain. Simple. Mm -hmm. Coffee. Sit down, chat. No favors wanted, no favors asked for. Right. Mm -hmm. Sat down with the president of the board just to kind of say hey like what is it that you guys do what's the history i wasn't even asking about getting involved in the board and they're like oh we love your ideas like would you be interested in joining our board and I, i was like it's interesting volunteer what's the commitment found out the commitment so i said all right you know what? in order for me to understand what's going on in the town let me be part of the group that is actually in the town right so I joined the board a couple of years back, maybe three. It's a while now, but three years or more. I'm back. Actually, I came back here 2015. What we, wow, more than that. Let's just say more than four or five years ago, wow. I joined the board. And in the first year, Booing, I didn't say I spoke, but I didn't say nothing because I knew I knew that the ideas that I have, the energy that I have, may be just a little bit like slow down brother. You just joined here. We got (laughs) got our own thing. But I respected that because I figured I can't just come in and share and say, you must, you must, you must. I need to understand. It's like business analysis, right? Like you understand Mm -hmm. the systems, you understand the people, how they work, what's the challenges, and then you find the gaps where you can fill it in. And so for a greater part of a year and a bit, I kind of kept quiet. And then I realized that, you know, we want new things, but sometimes do the same thing over and over to get new things. And it makes no sense. So I started just doing some, um, I guess, autonomous stuff and and reaching out to different people. And what I love about it is that the board being on a board is challenging when money is a need, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to really figure out who the right people to get that money for you. I would never say I am, but I can connect the right people. And Mm -hmm. so, It's been very, very interesting up to this point. We've made some progress and we also are evolving, right? Like we've, we're growing a little bit. And a lot of the work that I'm doing as of late is, um, you know, I hope is challenging our board, uh, Arts Milton board to, you know, look at things a bit differently. Yeah. um, Because I know everybody wanted it, but sometimes you just need somebody to just say, nah, let me kick the door down and let's just figure it out. We don't have to Mm -hmm. have the money, but we need to have the conversation. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. For real. For real. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that thing about like the first year or two of just listening. Cause I felt a little bit of guilt about that when I was, uh, on a board and, you know, I, I, it was the same thing. I was trying to like suss out different personalities and trying to understand like who, who people listen to, who people don't listen to and who's got this and who's got that. And, I didn't want to jump in and just like say stuff without actually understanding what the hell I'm talking about. So I was really okay. trying to <laughs> understand. But then there's also the other side of you're like, damn, well, if I, I I could see these gaps and if I don't speak up, uh, there's a reason I'm here because I I'm offering a perspective. So like, then you're like, damn, okay. It's, it's going to be now or never. Cause you could, you could literally sit there forever and, and not, offer your feedback but you're there you gotta gotta speak
1: up yeah you you're brought to that table for a voice um where to share that voice is important and I think I've learned that from you know just the different career paths that I've had in parallel to my artist career as well right Mm -hmm. you know you bring a lot of the stuff that you learned in the streets and in the hip-hop business and in your art career to your, as I call it now, my side hustle, but what people call their day job. Um, And I changed that language for a reason. We could talk about that later. But the the reason why I bring a lot of these things back and forth, they're transferable skills. And really, it's kind of like the Warren Buffett, Jay-Z sitting beside each other. Like they Mm -hmm. realized that both of their worlds were different, but they weren't really that different in how they thought about business in general. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have to sometimes look, listen, and learn. Mm-hmm. in order for your credibility to to build, but still show up because if you don't say nothing and expect something, then you're actually, you know, you're actually not doing anything at all. So I, I see people sometimes sit on the board and they just agree and they're just part of this board. And I and I wonder what's the value for them.
0: Mm-hmm. For
1: me, I don't have any interest in just sitting somewhere and listening to hear people um say the same thing over and over and yeah. i don't have an interest in just listening to me and doing what i say that's not the goal it's yeah. the contribution of ideas and the engine of traction that really gets me excited and if people aren't looking to challenge a productive conflict or looking for the right the best you know the unique way of thinking mm-hmm. i get bored very easily and i'm out right yeah. so who knows who knows what that our future holds at that board but i know that you know, sometimes there's an end of an era and the other times you just continue because there's an evolution of that thing that was.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that you said that. That's something I thought about the other day when it comes to client work as a designer. It's like, there is a part of me that dreads uh, presenting a design to somebody and they're going to reject it. But there's another part of me that loves it because the majority of the stuff that has gotten better that I've worked on is after... The client came back and said, hey, you know, I like this, but you kind of maybe you need to add this or maybe you should try this or, you know, honestly, you're going on the wrong path, go a different way. And then I take a different way and then bang, it's like, whoa, you know, we came together and it, it feels like conflict at first, but it's not really conflict. It's just like, well, maybe it is conflict, but it, it's OK. It's it's it, it's OK to have that because it, it leads to something better.
1: Yeah, man, you know, what? you said it, right. It it isn't really conflict. You're 100% correct. The confliction is our egos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because because you, you have a way of the way you want to be free in your design. Or the same thing, like as an artist, when I'm doing consultations about what somebody wants, I say right off the bat, we could go back and forth about your ideas and my ideas, but there's a certain point, you're going to have to leave it to me you hired me for a reason and I say I say that more and more now because a lot of times people are like can you paint the picture of this and I'm like I can but did you hire me to paint exactly what you have in your hand or did you hire me because you want my artist feel so and they answer their own questions so you're right you may feel a little bit um at first people may feel a little bit conflicted and they think it's conflict but Mm -hmm. really it's a matter of checking yourself saying okay is my ego being bruised here because someone doesn't like my stuff or is it that I think they don't like it and they're just contributing what they think can actually enhance. It's called It's a nice little dance. Yeah. Right. And so when you share with somebody something and they're very, you know what I like, I'm not really like, I'll tell you one thing. One thing that I hear a lot of is no before. Yes. People are very quick to say, nah, it's not even that. You know what I mean? What I said to you was, yes, it's actually what you just said. You know, mm. like, it's okay that your view doesn't necessarily mimic my words. Mm-hmm. And it's also okay that I say, and here we go. And mm. you say, oh, that's that's dope. And here we go. But a lot of times people are like, nah, but, or nah, mm. it's not even like that. Nah, it's not even what you're saying. Because their ego is saying that you aren't saying it the way I would say it. And that's the challenge and that's the conflict. So when people don't agree, it's not that they don't want the same outcome of the best product. They just don't want that person to take that path to that product. They want mm-hmm. them to follow their path or do what they said. And great teams don't work like that. Especially if, leader, especially if the leader of that team thinks like that. You know, mm-hmm. a, a true leader in my aspect, a true creator, a culture creator that's why i would say i'm a culture contributor you know Mm -hmm. it's a person that creates a sense of belonging so that the person who's involved feels like they're being heard whether they're being agreed with or not because you can say no to someone by saying yes like you can say we're not going that direction by actually accepting what they said that's a really cool idea i love that idea yo bill what do you think about that idea Mm-hmm. Bill's like, yeah, that idea is dope. And I think we should go do this. You know, have we thought about this? You know what? I like that idea, Bill. That's a really dope idea. I'm really glad that this idea spawned. Now the person didn't get their idea through. But meanwhile, yeah. you got Bill's idea, but Bill's idea is not really Bill's idea because you maybe it's your idea. And you got to mm-hmm. really figure out whether you're trying to push your agenda or you're just trying to push barriers. Mm. You know, that's that's yeah. for me that I I like to push barriers, but egos get bruised because people and again we judge we're all we're all guilty of it but people get very apprehensive when someone says Dwayne you know what like I'm thinking actually this way yeah I think that you could have done a bit better in this design not because you're not good but because this is what I think is missing mm-hmm. so our choice of words really hurt people too so I think sure. as I've As I've grown, I've really learned, like, all right, Oms, what you're saying, your impact is different, right? It's different than your intent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people don't inspect what they expect, so they start saying things, and you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because you're you're focused on being right.
1: Yeah, Um, and I, I was guilty of that, too, but I don't know if in the moment I knew that. I was focused mm. on being right. I just knew I wanted the best product. The challenge is how we communicate that comes across as wanting to be right.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, indeed, man. indeed. So like we, we also talked about um, like juggling, you got the family and all of that stuff and you've got, you know, your side hustle and then you've got your actual things that you care about. And I'm saying, same,
1: same Boat.
0: How, yeah. how? how do you keep, motivated to do all of these things
1: man i ask that same question every day dog like i (laughs) i literally you know what people say this is my my short answer to folks not necessarily yourself because we understand each other but for those who can ask me like yo how do you do that and i say because i have to Mm. that's just the and they what do you mean you have to who's telling you no 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 I have to, if I want to set a great example for my young Kings growing up and my queen, my, my mm-hmm. daughter, and, you know, my wife and I have developed a practice um, over time because, you know, parenting has no, <laughs> no handbook over time of, you know, parents, I, I don't know. I, I feel it's my, my way of also looking at like protest versus demonstration. I'm not a big fan of protest. People are like, mm-hmm. you got to stand for something. I'm like, well, demonstrate it right? Like then okay. people follow you. So the kids, my, my wife has her own business. Um, she's a creator in her own right, but she's a coach. Um, so okay. she creates, you know, you know, reflections and, and journeys and so forth. She has her own business and she's doing her thing and she's doing her thing. And then I, there was a point where like, this is where you start looking at you and you feel like, yo, like, I'm not, I'm not matching the worth right here. Right. So I'm like, now I focus on doing my thing, but then we start supporting each other's thing. Then the kids sit back, and for them, their normalcy is their parents just going and getting it, but still including them in the thought and the pattern and stuff. So when I did art shows, and you know Dion could speak towards this, I used to bring my guy, um, my my little guy or my middle guy, Noah, to these shows with me. I said, mm-hmm. "Yo, just roll, just come." And for him at that age, not now because he's like fifteen now, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to <laughs> go anywhere. Sometimes he does if it's cool. Yeah. You know, but at that age, when he was younger, he would rock with me because he just like, I'm with dad. And dad to him, dad is like, he's on this pedestal. He's in this space. For me, it was like, I just want to see him navigate that space. It's like, that's why you see a lot of these famous musicians and stars, movie stars. They always say, I grew up around it all the time. Mm. I was backstage. I was at the shoot. I was in the studio. I was doing that. I was watching Hip Hop Undercover the other day and they talked about Deb, you know, Deb and Big U. Deb was Mm -hmm. like, my dad was a hustler. The reason why I became a hustler is because I was always around it. So if you demonstrate it, Mm -hmm. your kids are a sponge. So when you come back to the question of how, well, because I want my kids to actually learn how to navigate the world the way they want. I want Mm -hmm. to go for something. Progression is the only way to live. Mm -hmm. Once you get stagnant, that's when people start Things start going in circles, man. When you ain't creating yeah. and doing something,
0: yeah. you? I'm glad, yeah, man. Like it's it's nice to to connect like this because sometimes I find myself venting a little bit about you know all this stuff that I juggle, and then sometimes mm-hmm. it's like folks are like, "Well, just just don't do that." Just and and I I have the same kind of reaction, like, but I have to.
1: Right. But that's the difference between you're passionate. See, there's a different one. You have to, because you're passionate versus you have to, because you just gotta, like somebody needs to see, need to prove something. Like the reason why you, 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 the easiest thing for anybody to do in the world, the easiest thing is to quit. Yeah. It's the easiest thing. The easiest thing is to not do the thing. Like, dog, I love me a Netflix. Don't get me, get it twisted. Oh, I like to it's... sit on the couch and, and watch that. And then I realize, like, I realize how addictive, how well engineered this social media is, right? Like, I find myself, I go into one reel and then I'm, wait a second, it's 20 minutes later and I'm still scrolling. Yeah. I, you, your mental strength is going to be like, yo, dash that way. Like, stop this. And yeah. just... Get on your grind. So, people are like, Where do you get the time to do all this stuff? But you watch, you been, you binge watch, like, I don't know, um, Money Heist or whatever. I'm like, Because when I was watching Money Heist, I was painting them shoes. Mm-hmm. When I was watching this show, I was actually doing backgrounds. When I was yeah. listening to podcasts. So, I don't expect anybody to move and rock the same way we rock, where it's like a lot of different things going on. Some people need to be very focused and methodical. Mm-hmm. For me, my life is a lot of context switching and I practice to get that, that, that standard life. Like I practice it, but it's like, I have to accept that's just the way I work, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I've, I've lacked in some areas. Sometimes I'm like, I'm a really shit father now, right? Like for this Mm -hmm. couple of weeks, because I'm so focused on my thing. Then I have to look back and say, Holmes, you can't just sit back because you're doing this for a reason. When you get the time, the quality time is there. So you know, I tell people my wife has been a great support. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to holding down the house, and and I hope in the reciprocal she feels that way about me when she has to get onto her things, because I know there's times where it's just she has to focus on her things. Yeah, but I think it's it's something that um it's it's a really ebb and flow question. And dude, don't get me wrong. In my head, sometimes I'm like, ah, I have to do this, man. But then I sit back to how we talked about at the beginning of this conversation. And, you know, I think it was Dion who told me this first. I've referenced him a couple of times because as a brother, he's, he's he's a guy that I say, he understands certain things, but I also feel like we've shared a lot of experiences. But he said the same thing, which is, you can't complain that your plate is full when all you ask is to eat. And I add, and I add to that, which is, I finally got a seat at the table And I just wanted to eat and now I'm feasting and I'm so full. And now you need to take a moment to say, all right, let me chew for a little bit instead of trying to shove my mouth with stuff. Pause, you know, or let me kind of like, you know, digest what I have and be grateful for the flavors that I'm, you know, take a moment to look at what you've done and say, you know what, I'm blessed Yeah. and release that. Cause once you release that, like wanting to get more, guess what happens more keeps coming in Yeah. on the minute on the month the bag keeps coming to you you don't keep finding the bag you, the bag's like shows up
0: yeah yeah that's and that's exactly what i had to do too is like you know, cut. Got <laughs> yeah, i i felt some guilt um about uh you know feeling overwhelmed and and uh, like stressed out about finally getting that seat at the table that I had wanted for so long. Um, but it, it took some reframing. It took some uh, dropping of certain things that I felt weren't necessarily serving me. And then sitting at a different section
1: of the table per se, yeah. you know? <laughs> that, that Isn't that great, man, that you can look back at that? You know, yeah. here's the thing, man. A lot of us because a lot of tragedies happened in the past couple of years, but just in life in general, people have lost lives. I've lost a lot of people around me. I bet I look back at people that I used to hang with in specific, you know, environments, whether it be bars, you know, just chilling out, going to each other's house, doing all kinds of foolishness, mm-hmm. um, even though I was still working at those times. And when you look at it, the guilt is survivor's guilt and mm-hmm. imposter syndrome showing up because you don't believe that you're here right now. And as soon as you say, I deserve to be here right now, that's when your king, your crown starts shining. And that's where you have to allow people to decipher. Because if you're a good soul, you're going to be a good soul, but you've got to allow people to decipher whether you're confident or arrogant. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you right now, I have people say to me, Ohms, you're a really nice guy. I really thought you were arrogant at first. I'm like, <laughs> why? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, you never even talked to me. Mm. And that's not my problem. So if you don't choose to talk to me and you assume something about me. Yeah. That's your soul to carry that. I that I'm, When you're mad at someone and assumptions are going around and you're like, this person's that way and, I don't, and you're angry and stuff, that person's over there chilling. Mm-hmm. Cause they ain't even watching you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah, man. Give yourself flowers brother because i think what you're doing is is putting on a platform for artists creators like myself in all spaces and it feeds your soul because you're actually contributing um it's kind of like you know just because we start as designers and artists it doesn't mean that's our our story mm-hmm. we may actually serve bigger things outside of, or around or within that space that impact people's lives differently you know one thing I heard um I was listening to a talk by our, our, our good friend Oprah <laughs> not our good friend but you know what I mean <laughs> and she said she said that how she when she opened up her her girls school in Africa I guess it was um, mm-hmm. she was you know she came back and she went right to Maya Angelou's house sorry if there's like a little bit of water sound I don't know if you hear that um, Maya Angelou's house and she said Maya I open up my girls' school. This is amazing. This is gonna feed my legacy. This is gonna feed my legacy. And my Angela is like, girl, you're foolish. You don't know what your legacy is gonna be. <laughs> like, what? you gotta understand. Like Nelson Mandela was there, everybody was there. This has to be part of my legacy story. She's like, nah. She goes, You don't know what your legacy is gonna be. She goes, Your legacy will be the hearts of the people that you've touched. Hmm. So, when you think about what you're doing right now, I'll always remember this. Every artist who's been on your platform who never got an opportunity to be on other platforms will appreciate this platform. And mm. when this platform continues to grow as it's been growing, they're gonna be like, yo, you know, I, I, mess, with, I mess with Dog because this guy actually was selfless. And at the same time, it's okay to be selfish because the selfishness is not bad. Like it's good for you to get this so you could promote your brand so that you could keep building your brand. So yeah. if I can help you build your brand and you can help me build mine, whatever that brand may be in the end <laughs> then like, let's keep rocking. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I don't want to keep you for too much longer.
1: I'm good, uh, man. Whatever you want to rock with, man. I'm good.
0: Got it. I got a few questions though. Um what are you listening to right now?
1: Ah that's a beautiful question, my man. Now only say that and I'll tell you in a sec, but the only reason I say that is because it you can tell a lot about a person for what they have in their tape deck. See how 80s I am no. now, tape deck? because when I used to teach classes, you know how they do these icebreakers? You know, yeah. at the beginning, like facility, like if you're on an island whatever, I'm like stupid. I'm like, listen. What you got playing in the deck right now and everybody will share the music and then you would find this cultural common commonality like cultural ground anyway what i'm listening to right now um at all points and at any points of my life i could be listening to house music okay so that's one thing i'm a, I'm a house music fan um but the biggest thing that i have in my deck right now is um the bodr from snoop Snoop's new album, I think, is probably one of the best albums in the past three to four years. From really? top to bottom, I felt like it was Doggy Style, but also within Doggy Style, the album, but also in a current situation. It felt like that Tribe. You know, you could put on Tribe from the top and play it all the way to the bottom, and it just mixes properly through. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, that's that's big for me. Throughout the whole month of February, is Dilla month, but it's Dilla all day for me, all the time. So the way I, I, and you know, I'm in a couple of hip hop groups in my, my chats, and these guys are very focused on Griselda and Conway yeah. and, and all of that stuff. But um, just most recently, I think the last thing I listened to, which was last night, was the LA leakers, Conway and Skeese, um, uh freestyle on there. But yeah, album wise, it's been, it's been that snoop um, in the past couple of days.
0: Nice. What do you think about that? Uh, J. Cole and Benny the Butcher. Have you heard that one?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a big J. Cole fan. I think J. Cole's gonna actually been be touted as number one. You ever. think so? I think uh, I think I... guaranteed he's he's surpassed people ready. They don't even actually put him on a list anymore. He's he can't be on a list anymore. Even above Kendrick? I don't think they should even be on the list. Like Kendrick is a list. Kole, okay. <laughs> Eminem is yeah. a list. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Jay is a yeah. list. When when people compare Biggie and Tupac, I'm like, they're two different things. Two different. They're 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 individual pieces of art walking, yeah. right? When you start comparing people, that means greatness to me hasn't been reached. These people are great. Now that specific track, mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect anything less from Jay Cole. He blacked out on that track. Um, yeah. Of course, Benny the Butcher does his thing, but it's very hard to stand beside Cole. Yeah. Now, I'm a deep lyricist when it comes to reading lyrics. And I think Jay Cole is as slick as Jay-Z when it comes to the subliminals. Mm-hmm. And I right off the bat was like, I wonder if this guy's dissing Benny the Butcher on his own song. That was the first thing I said. It wasn't that I wanted to perpetuate that type of rumor. And I don't know if it was dissing him from a personal level, but one of those like, Come a little man, let me talk with you. Like that level, but also looking at it like, nah, J. Cole is actually paying respects to the people who really can talk that talk on an album because they can walk it because they've done it in the past. So it's hard. It's one of those ones that you can't pick Mm apart because you shouldn't. You should just let it live. I know, but it's hard to not go there because
0: I, I, you know, talking about the, the tough guy thing and put your favorite rapper's head in the neck in the noose. And I was like, oh, yeah. is, he, is he talking about Benny?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's the first thing I said to my friends. I was like, they weren't in the same studio when they recorded that. Guarantee. You. No, no. I guarantee no. you that Benny sent him that track trying to get the money and J. Cole took the bag. And J. Cole came back and dropped something on it. And what I respected about Benny when he was on um, when he was on Breakfast Clubs, he says, I don't rewrite my lyrics. Yeah, because other I...
0: people would have gone back and said, Oh, he said that. Okay, I'll call him back
1: with blah blah blah. Right, right. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me. I just think, you know, J. Cole is in a in a stratosphere of his own when it comes to understanding the music business from the very beginning. Um, but his lyrical talent and ability. There's tons of talented people, but there's just something different mm. about this guy. You know what I mean? No love for Drake, man. Just twang oh, twang lots twang. of love for Drake. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Mad love for Drake. I think Drake is his own artist. Again, Drake's a machine, though. Right? Okay. Like, I don't think you're talking about Drake as an individual. I think you're talking about Drake as a complete packaged artist. The whole OVO. Immense skill and talent and business sense to understand that. Those ghostwriting rumors are gonna die very quickly because guess what? We always, the lovers of like the true purists, mm-hmm. contradict the shit out of ourselves all
0: the time. Well, I was thinking about that with the Snoop thing when we found out that Jay wrote Snoop's verse, and I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Yeah,
1: I, I knew <laughs> I knew Jay wrote. I know I knew Jay wrote a Lot of Dre's stuff. I knew Dre was getting a lot of stuff written for him from the past, like Ice Cube was writing everybody. For sure. And yeah. But I but didn't Snoop? realize until recently that Snoop stuff was written by him too. And for Snoop and to be humble and say, you know what? I'm a rock with this. See, you know what we don't do? We don't condemn the Michael Jacksons who didn't write their own songs. No, we don't. But and and Michael can write. Drake can write. His pen is nasty. Mm-hmm. But we're condemning him. See, hip-hop is one of those 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 sports that very much hard on you for sometimes the wrong reasons. We don't condemn, you know, the Aretha Franklin's, and, Beyonce. and the, the Beyonce's. We don't condemn them because we don't actually take their craft as serious as hip hop, but we should because really great music's great music, right? Yeah. Khaled doesn't push the buttons all the time. Neither did Puff. Yeah. But they're brilliant, brilliant producers. They're not just beat makers. They're producers. They're creators. Yeah,
0: the songs wouldn't exist without their influence so that that means
1: something warhol didn't create all of his work with his hand but he directed it soon i'm gonna be creating big enough that i would love to have an assistant to paint backgrounds for me yeah am i gonna then not be considered a true artist or creator because someone else's hand i taught them how to make clouds and i said make the clouds over here
0: that's one thing that I, I found interesting. Once you you know you start paying attention to art history a little bit more and you realize a a lot of these uh, old masters painted commissions. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't even like you know we always think of the pure artists as came up with this brilliant thing out of their hand. No, a lot of times it's because a king or a religious leader said, "I want you to paint this thing," and they they did it and they brought their own sauce. But it was a commission. Um, and then the other side of it is a lot of them had teams they had that team of people they weren't just painting yeah, that man. stuff by themselves they had yep.
1: you know that's that's yeah me and Andres um, Andres Korea. for those of you who hear me referring to him he's phenomenal um, I think he's a person that you'd want at some point on your on your podcast but sure. me and Andres always talked about like if if like if these guys were alive now
0: what I, would think they think? They
1: would be, I think we'd be rocking with them. Like, I think they'd be calling oh. us on the phone. Like, that's how how it would be, right? Because if you look at all of the, uh, the gallery stuff, you mm. can see that they would copy pieces that were of other master styles mm. because sure. they wanted to do it. Like, one of my first oil paintings was um, a portion of Swans Reflecting Elephants by Salvador Dali, where you have, um, you know, no actually it wasn't that one it was another one um i can't remember off top but it's one where the the person looks like they're holding an egg um, Mm -hmm. but while it's a hand right and it's a head bent over and a knee that's one of my most recent or not recent very first paintings and why i did that is because i'm like if this is what the old masters were doing let me see if i can do that Mm. right so there's a lot of critiquing when it comes to like originality but really is anything original no right like everything's <laughs> an evolution of right so when you got people doing wheat pasting for street art people call that like not putting in the that's like not writing your own lyrics mm-hmm. right you're photocopying but then i'm like if people like that yeah if they're making getting the bag you go out in miami that's all you see they pour mm. resin over top of all of their actual stuff, and it just looks like these cool pieces. Collage work. Well, now you don't condemn the person who does collage because they say they're a collage artist. But if you don't say I'm a collage artist, you're going to get condemned if you start putting collage in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of. but then it comes back to like, you know, I I find, again, like you said, the, the labeling thing is kind of go, going out the window because a lot more people are starting to say, I don't even feel like I need to say that. I'm just... Yeah. I'm just making something, and yes. I've seen a lot of people who just call themselves painters. But there's uh, there's definitely some collage stuff thrown in there. But yeah, the what
1: I can see that on one of your shirts. Right? I'm just making something, right? Yeah. That's, that's real <laughs> dope, right? Like just on the back, yeah. like I'm not an artist. I'm just making something, and like and that's the beauty of this like genre of like everything. Like hip hop mm-hmm. is not really just hip hop.
0: Not anymore. It's no, it's it's a pop
1: music. It's yeah. It's popular music. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why
0: I I mean, uh, Drake has hated on him, but I, I like him for that. Um, yeah. He, I see him as a pop star, but I also see him as a rapper. And I think that's OK. I see, same with Doja Cat. I see her as a pop star, but I also see her as a rapper. Uh, and I think that's it's OK to be
1: both. Nicki the same way, right? Nikki, so whenever yeah. they always say, this is the funny thing, I watch Drink Champs. And, and they always ask the question, Nikki or Cardi B? I think out of everybody, one person picked Cardi B ever. I don't even know who, but they know Nikki got that, those bars. Mm-hmm. People who are on Drake's team, not team team, but like people on Drake's like supporters, yeah. they know, they, they don't even need to defend it. When people start telling me about, well, what about this? I'm like, we're not talking. I don't want to, I'm not here to convince you of what you already believe. Yeah. Like, I guess you they- know, it's your choice. He's nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. It's the same for Cardi too. Cardi. Look at people. Look at Cardi as this commercial. He crossed over on purpose because he knew what that bag was. But don't get it twisted. Cardi is an original reggae sound man. He's an Mm -hmm. original DJ. He was Socrates first DJ, backup DJ before before Cardi was big. He was Mm Kool-Aid, but he was rocking. He people don't understand that everybody has these different skills. Socrates is a sculptor he can sculpt clay. But one oh. like he was our first before Drake there was no one talking to him. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You understand what I'm saying? So like you know when yeah. you had money or love and all of that stuff from the Nelly for to the Redmans, everybody yeah. wanted him you know and and yeah. and, and things evolve so a real king can sit back and let the new generation go and do
0: what they got to. Yeah. yeah. And you can't I don't know if you look back, like some of those opportunities, uh, Carnell had back then, it's like, can you really? Would you really walk away from that to stay? You know, nah. I, I don't. I don't think you would. I don't think uh, most people he, would.
1: He's. I think I'm a bit biased because I have the behind the curtain look, uh, and only to a certain level because there's still stuff for him that I think. He's done very strategically. He's broken down a lot of barriers for people in this, in this Absolutely. industry. Absolutely. Um, and what people don't see is that they don't know a lot of the stuff that they see and they love right now. They, people don't know, and I probably won't put it this way on this podcast, but people don't know that there's a high, high probability. Like Drake will still be a Drake but there's key players who allowed his journey to become what it is. And there's a certain point that there's a key player that may not be on your top conversation list that could have thrown the CD out the window when he was (laughs) asked to pass it along to Cardi. So this person heard this, understood this and was like, wow. And they said, this is the first person that they thought would be, better than socrates or like as good as socrates or better and stopped the car called the person who gave it to them said what is it that i'm listening to here and did the solid of walking that we used to get cds all the time i'm a i'm a i was with the circle the whole time doing clothing people had me signing and doing drops who am i but they were giving me can you give this can you give this can you give this and there was times where i was like i can't do this i know piles of stuff you just kind of throw it to the side but this one cut through can you imagine if that person just went and just toss it? Yeah. Who knows what would have happened. Maybe he would have been just as big. Maybe he wouldn't have, but my point is everybody is a key player. And Mm -hmm. just because it's not promoted on the big loudspeaker, it doesn't mean that there wasn't value in the industry of people understanding what that really looked like.
0: And that's a reminder too, that uh, as much as we like to, and our egos like to say, I did it on my own, whatever. There's always people that, you know, they're whispering, they're talking. It, it's nice. I can't remember what the saying goes, but like it's nice to to have people talking about you when you're not around or something like that. Um, you know, there's there's those things happen. Like nobody is a one man island or woman island or person yeah. island, or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. quality insurance is um that's the key for me. Mm-hmm. I want if anything of my brand whatever that brand is to to be i want there to be a quality assurance when i leave someone will talk to about me in with integrity knowing that i'm about my word i'm 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 a true i'm a real man i i don't i don't play games but at the same time as i don't i don't lie to you about anything what you get sees what you get i'm a true person so that when you walk away quality is when people quality assurance is when you can happen when you walk away, Mm -hmm. right. When no one's looking, not just when someone shows up and all of a sudden you're doing good, do good as if someone's watching all the time. And that's why the live art scene for me was a good training ground for that because people were always watching. So what happens is when I'm in my studio, it's always feels like someone's watching me. I I think of the show, not just the creation. How's this going to show?
0: Yeah. 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 Did you, I filmed, um, I did an Instagram live while I was painting this past weekend for the first time. And I've been so nervous about painting in front of people. I've done one live drawing thing before, but, um, it's crazy how like eventually probably within five minutes, it was like, nobody was watching it. This didn't matter. I didn't care. Do you ever feel like that? Like nervous when you first did it or is it like um,
1: whatever? I can say that I was fearless when I first got into it because when I came out of college it was me and dress actually it was Andres who was actually doing live art in the clubs in Toronto first uh, okay. and then he's like yo ohms let's get that working and then he brought me in and I started doing live art with him everywhere the one time I felt a little nervous was um art battle right okay so I was part of art battle in their very early days when it was strictly art battle Toronto. I know one just happened last night um, at, at, you know, the great hall, but I was there when it was art battle, like 11. Mm-hmm. Now there's like worldwide art battles. They've trademarked the name. There's art battles in many countries now right? from this art battle and other art battles, but you know, further on. And I remember going to that first one and just watching and thinking this is a really dope experience i've done live shows this is nothing right 20 minutes i'll rock this came back and what they used to do is they used to do like a draw out of the hat so they'll have people who signed up and then they'll have a draw out of the hat and whoever put their name in the hat when they came in like they paid their fare put their name in you come with brushes just in case your name gets called and if your name gets called you're up so you know doing my dog i literally put my name in this hat i came back to art battle like 13 or something when i came back i put my name in the hat you know don't, it's like a lottery you don't think you're gonna get called so i yeah. was going i was going in on the red stripe right like i was i was on the red stripe that night. And I, had, I think i had about three or four by the time you know i mingle because they're small bottles you just cut yeah them, right? yeah. and when they called the names this is how they called my name o m s because no one always knows they <laughs> owns which is fine um o m s And I'm like, what? And someone's like, yo, that's you. And I'm like, oh. So now I'm like, I wasn't thinking. But then I got cool. And I'm like, all right, this is whatever. I'm going to rock this. And I got in my head. I, I sat there and I started painting. And as the music was playing, which I'm used to, and as the people were around, which I'm used to, I started seeing it from a different way. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the showcase that people automatically like. I am in competition with people that I'm actually competing against so I started thinking like oh I'm in competition I hope they like me and as soon as you got this I hope they like me stuff then my nerves got the best of me and so in that art battle I didn't win Mm -hmm. and I was like what did I do and I came home very quickly and reflected I'm like why did I not win I never feel that way I sent a message to the art battle guys and I said listen I want to sign up for this one next time I don't want to just be picked out of a hat I know I can rock out way better than that Mm-hmm. Signed up for the next one, went in there, did my thing, put my headphones on, zoned in, won the whole mm. art battle, right? So it was a matter of my mindset at that time. There was talented people around me, and it doesn't mean that someone didn't do something better than me in the public eyes, but that was that was mine to win. that was mine to thing. I did my thing, and people gravitated to it because they realized people can feel when you are external mm-hmm. people can feel when you start thinking about the other things your energy is splattered everywhere mine was very much focused onto that that people had no choice but to come and be like yo i rock with this dude because he doesn't even care about what mm. i didn't care yeah. about impressing anybody and so to your point yes i was nervous mm-hmm. and yes i've been in situations where i've felt nervous and i've learned how to tap into that honing in feeling again and every time I've won any type of competition live in front of people, I knew I was going to win before. Not because anybody else is I'm better, yeah. but I just knew. I knew right. because there's nothing going to block that energy of winning. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just locked in, and, and I noticed that when uh, I saw you at, at Mark. Uh, it's just yeah, it, the music's pumping, people are. I was just <laughs> people walking all around. I was. Being obnoxious, I'm sure, taking all kinds of pictures and stuff. <laughs> I
1: don't, and I don't see, I don't see people. And the point is I'll get so deep into the shoe or whatever it is. Yeah. And then there's a moment where I'm like, oh, let me check out who's watching. And there's nobody there. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right. Oh. I go back it. And, and whatever. And the thing is you start assuming that the people that are around this one table watching, you're like, that person's going to win. Right. Wow. And sometimes that happens because the same thing as the energy when I had it at art battle, people were around me, and mm. that probably played on other people's mindset, right? That probably played a big part on other people's mindset. So I didn't know that. But there's times where I've won art battles where people haven't been around, or shoot Mark's situation where people yeah. haven't been around me, and and that's okay. But don't go in there to win. Go in there to just do your your best. Do your thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you do you have a plan? This is the other thing I was wondering. Do you have a plan like this is what I'm gonna do when when the music starts, or are you just like freestyle?
1: Um, no, because I'm because I am from the original battle eras of freestyle, not rapping raps that you actually wrote like from the top of the head stuff. Because yeah. myself and Andres are not only classically trained and went to Ontario College of Art and Design, Toronto School of Art, and decided to use our skill sets and our talents by absorbing vibe that's around us. So we used to paint the vibe because ah. of me coming from that. Whenever I did art battle, I never came in there with an idea. Wow. You see people now and I don't disrespect them. I love it. But there's people now who are practicing for weeks with timers. My dad, ah, like,
0: that makes sense.
1: Practicing. And so when they come in, you're like, how the hell did this person know where they're going to go? And that works sometimes. And I've beaten people who practice because mm. You can tell that, oh, you're drawing that, obviously you practice that, that doesn't impress me. Oh, this person's actually coming from their heart and their spirit, you know what, I appreciate that, but you have to also read the room. You got to see what kind of eclectic people are around, here you see people who are very much trying to be something, you know that they're going to assimilate the things that are actually popular. I didn't right. even think about that.
0: Like you could tell sometimes a dope freestyle, say or LA leakers or whatever, mm-hmm. you can tell when it's a dope written that they're just like kicking. Or you can yeah. tell it's a dope freestyle that sounds like it could have been written, but it's clearly a freestyle because there's like a little bit of a stumble in there, a little bit of a yeah. human thing in there to make you realize it. And if that art piece lacks that human element of whatever that's clearly on the cuff like off the cuff like it loses some personality
1: but sometimes sometimes there is like a framework right like in your brain we we deny it but our brain's coming up with things all the time right so even driving down there i'm like "Ah, i'm probably gonna do a scene nah i'm probably gonna do a, a a person and then i'll go from nah i'm gonna probably do this i remember the art battle that i won the first art battle Mm-hmm. I did like my regular guy with headphones and like my sons and stuff like the stuff that I did at like a lot of the live shows stuff I yeah. know so technically it was planned but in practice but not for our back. yeah the second round I threw all of that out the window I'm like you know what I'm gonna rock them now completely different with an abstract piece so abstract impressionism piece and I'm gonna move with freedom and people were like what is this guy doing he's just slicing up the place and then it started coming together and then people were like oh I get it, right? So people now, it's a performance. Yeah. People don't realize that live art is not just the painting. It's its like the music business. The art is like 10% of it. It's the performance. It's the performance, yeah. 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 Cool.
0: So um, if there's any piece of advice, I mean, we've been given nothing but advice all this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what would, you, what would you give? Well, actually, before we even go to the advice thing, like, what do you have coming up? Like, what, what do you
1: have going on? Um, what do I have coming up? So, um, so, yeah, I've done a couple of things in the past, so I'm trying to make sure I haven't brought those up. So right now, I actually just took um, a 7 foot by 11 foot Mural piece to uh, my printer for resining and, and printing and not printing and framing, we're going to be installing that in a school I've been working with a school for three weeks teaching students from grade five to eight on, you know, some of their, um, some of the things that are going on in life right now about culture, ability, equity, access, so forth, um, so that's going to be installed um, Friday. And then going in, uh, we're going to do an unveiling on Monday. Um, I'm going to be doing some, I don't know if I can say the name, but I'm going to be doing something for a corporation um, just for their internal uh, Black History Month event. So I'm going to be doing a live painting. Um, if I'm able to share that, I'll share that after the recording is shared with me. Um, sure. I actually am going to be working and doing some workshops, which I've been doing over the past couple of weeks uh, with CCAH, which is a Caribbean, Canadian Caribbean um Association of Halton. And we actually have a, uh, a program that we call Clef Notes to Canvas, where we develop this uh, three-hour workshop where I actually help people navigate through music and translating their stuff into the canvases. So I'm going to be doing another workshop for that. Um, also doing the same variation of that sort of program with um, FYI, which is For Youth Initiative that's coming up in April. Um, I have a couple of mural jobs when the weather actually opens up Um, to get started as well, and just working on solidifying some grants for some new work that's coming. So outside of that, um, still slowly in the background, creating some designs for the clothing that's going to come, not going to rush that, but always something else. While at the same time, what people don't know is that I've been taking Taekwondo for the past four years or so. So I'm actually, um, my next step is black belt. So I'm going to be preparing in this next few months to a year to go for my black belt but I had to take some time off right now just because I needed to focus on this artwork stuff and all of that um other than that you know my side hustle I'm I'm a senior account manager at a software tech company so I'm always you know dealing with a lot of clients and looking to Mm -hmm. to rise up there as well so lots of things happening um don't you ever feel like when you're doing so much I can talk with you about it but if you're talking with people who may not be doing as much do you feel like sometimes you're bragging about it because it's like you can tell people stuff but they if if they ain't moving like you're moving, you don't really feel comfortable sharing. With you, I know you're a mover. You shake yeah. you do things. So I can share with you. Cause it's kind of like if I ask you, you're gonna probably go down a list of stuff that you got going on. <laughs> um, but if I, I I say it to someone, hey, this is what I'm doing, and then I turn to them I'm like, so what you doing? They're like, uh, same old. And I'm like, That's why we don't rock every day because I can't, yeah. that doesn't energize me. I need people around me, like the Dwayne's and you know, the Dion's and and all the other artists who are kicking ass out there.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I kind of stopped posting all my stuff in the group chats because I feel like I'm just bragging it. It's like, oh, it's featuring in this thing. You know, I was doing this and then
1: it's like, Never dim your light, bro. Never dim your I light. Know. You know why I say that? The reason why I say this is because you could actually be inspiring people and people will always ask you and you probably got this already. Yo, Dwayne, how come you're not posting that stuff? That stuff, I looked forward to that. Mm. Sometimes you are that light for people. So just, you know, being conscious and aware of how it impacts people you can definitely ask them to Mm. to get feedback at the same time is only take it as that's their opinion but never dim your light just say yo I share Mm -hmm. this because I want to make sure that my brothers around me are getting it too and if I can help in any way let me know so don't I I would say share away
0: social Mm -hmm. is hard
1: though like I I stopped on my social like I, I felt like I had to do it all the time I'm not I'm lately I've been but nah
0: yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I, I try to stop, but then I find that my sales go better when I post consistently. So I'm like, <laughs> I guess I got to keep doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you can control the narrative now, right? You you can say, ah, okay, I'm good right now. Let me get some quality. But when you have too much work, your quality kind of drops, right? Mm-hmm. So you want. So I found that I was like getting close to that. And I was like, okay, now I got this off my plate. Let me strategize and push out my job's and lock them in for longer periods of time so I can see them coming rather than trying to get everything now because I think I'm going to lose it right yeah
0: yeah and and to like um I think I'm to be honest if I'm being fully transparent I think I'm in the throes of a full social media addiction uh right now so I'm like Mm -hmm. you know there is the one thing where you have to as an artist, remember to promote yourself and tell people what you're doing and all that. But then there's the other part where you're like, damn, I've been on this bloody thing for an hour. And I've done, yeah, just like, I'm just liking and watching whatever. And I ain't worked on a painting. I didn't work on this graphic or I didn't do this blog post that I was supposed to do. And it's like, damn. So like, there there is that part of it too.
1: It's practice, man. It's all of us, man. I'm the same, man. Like, this time I look at him like, ah this person's getting it now i'm like ah they're getting it but they don't know i'm getting it over here too right like that feeling is really dope like people are gonna see this podcast right Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna share it with people on my platforms and Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like yo you you just showing up everywhere and i'm like do you understand that i've been talking to this guy for months before (laughs) this has been in the works so you plant your seeds early to watch your fruit grow later and i'm all about that so let's just keep just keep planting seeds, man. That's that's what it's about. Because when the lull comes, you have to be grateful that you went through that fruits of your labor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody gets the lull, and get, what happens in the lull? We start, oh man, I ain't got nothing going on, and you get yeah. all back to yourself. Meanwhile, it's just you. As I used to say to people, you're in your cocoon, mm-hmm. right? Never think you're in a lull. You're just in your cocoon because sometimes the caterpillar who's been crawling and climbing trees and eating leaves and knocking down everything in sight needs to take a rest to turn into a butterfly to fly even larger. So Absolutely. Saying, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Do you find that? So I've been, I've, I'm a big martial arts guy. Uh, have you, you, you found? Yeah, I've been, I started training uh, Kung Fu when I was eight or nine, something like that. Oh. so I kind of train on my own now, but uh, how do, you, do you find any overlap between
1: that and your, your art practice? Yeah, bro. I, I mean, subtly, people say it's immense sometimes, but subtly I find the discipline mm. of removing your ego. When I have to bow to a kid <laughs> yes. with a black belt, <laughs> you remove your ego real quick when you have to go barefoot, no matter how mash up your toes look on a mm-hmm. mat and forget about people. Aren't trying to look at your toes. Yeah. You're yeah. trying to get that workout. in. what I found is that the intensity and the discipline to want to progress, that's really cool about the belt system and, and, and the, the progression system of martial arts. Mm-hmm. Not only do you work on technique, but technique patterns all of that is like the smallest part is the conditioning that you go through so that you can last and so when i condition myself my body my brain works a lot better there's nights Mm -hmm. where i'm like i don't want to go in and get this 45 minute to an hour workout tonight man it's snowing and as soon as i hear that that's when i realize i'm supposed to do that Mm -hmm. so it does work and similar I don't want to get off this TV, Netflix, and watching the show and go get this painting that I know I've been neglecting. As soon yeah. as you like that, you're like, you know what? TV can run still. Let me just go and at least do one brush stroke. Mm-hmm. There was a time I used to come down the studio. I'm down in my studio right now. Like, I used to come downstairs, pace back and forth, drink one beer, pace back and forth, sit down and watch this show, scroll on. Then I'm like, oh, I got to do something. And then I like do like about 20 minutes of artwork. Nothing super you know, to, to, to post on Instagram, but I would wake up in the morning. Like at least I did something.
0: And you feel excited. Yeah. I did that today.
1: Did one thing, bro. It's like making Mm -hmm. your bed. If you don't make your bed every day, I tell my kids may at least make your bed every day, because then no one could say you did nothing in this today. You made Mm -hmm. your bed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can lie in it.
0: That's been my, um, my, uh, New Year's thing, actually, because I I fell off with the martial arts thing. And um, and I just said, you know, every day I'm going to go and move. And I find that the majority of what I end up doing is some kind of martial arts thing
1: that I knew back in the day. Isn't it amazing? People probably know that you do it. And there's people who know I do it, but it's not the thing that I promote the most because it is an art form. So, you know, this is another art form. Right. The, 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 The moves the way your hand is positioned, the way you're chambering, all of these things, your impacts, less effort, more, more, you know, form and, and Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. It's so key. And then you just feel good about yourself that you have this thing that is dear to you, that is only personal to you. Like I didn't, I don't, maybe I did know, but I didn't know that you were into martial arts as much as you were. And look at the commonalities that we've just learned about each other is that You know, I don't, you don't see me posting all any martial arts stuff. You see me post Mm -hmm. my kid, but you don't see me posting mine. So when people are like, yo, so what belt are you at? You do Taekwondo. And I'm like, yeah, my next belt's black belt. So now people are like, "Really? (laughs) you're doing art. You're a parent. You're on this board. You're doing these shows. You're doing these things and you're doing martial arts. Yeah. So high achievers, in my opinion, high achievers. Don't just do one thing. Your for sure
0: and that's that's kind of like it's funny because yeah i, w- I was known that's just another one people know me as a martial artist that people know me as a basketball player people know me as a fine artist people know me as you know yeah. in information manager like it's and i and i was i laughed because i was that 17 year old black belt teaching the 40 year olds and
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's amazing
0: it is what you know it, it is what it is but like um there is something to that. There's something, there is a a good overlap. I think that's kind of why I think I felt myself being drawn back to it in in recent months.
1: The easiest thing is to quit, right?
0: Absolutely. You could have easily
1: stopped at whatever belt and say, yeah, I took martial arts and hold on to that. It's like parents telling their old stories, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, you know, back in the day I had a band. So how come we ain't doing that band now? Well, you know, eh. (laughs) like just do something man do something yeah and
0: and the the thing i love about it even though i'm not with a school officially like i'm a martial artist for life and you'll be a martial artist for life like it's Mm -hmm. just something that it it
1: stays with you yeah bro i'm very happy i did it um you know it was it, it started with a friend of mine who had passed away over just before the pandemic um and because he actually told me to get involved with it you know, and I was like, yo, you're going to do it too? He's like, well, you know, I'm kind of doing a lot of other stuff. And I'm like, yo, you're whack. You, you got me no. into this. You're not going to do it with me. And, you know, I continue to like it. And then, you know, when when he passed, I said to myself, you know, in his name, at least in his name, not only because it's for me, because it is for me first,
0: mm-hmm. but also
1: in his name, I'm going to get all the way to Black Belt. And even if I don't continue to go to my second or third or whatever dance, you know, at least I got to that point and I'll continue to be a martial artist and practice the craft because I find that the release, the cognitive memory of that helps mm-hmm. train the mind to be better in art, you know? And so it's one of those things, man, I fell off too. Pandemic ain't a joke, right? Like, it's like, you just like, screw it. I'm just going to chill, <laughs> right? Yeah. But now you want to get back at it.
0: Yeah. One thing I'll like, I'll, I'll say, and I, um, the interesting thing about getting that black belt, and it's something that was said to me, and it's it's literally how I felt. Like once I got there, I was like, man, I'm a beginner. I know nothing. It's, yeah. um, you hit that point where you're just like, oh yeah, every you see it differently. It's weird. And it's just a stupid thing on your waist.
1: <laughs> Dude, it's so true. Like to get the black belt in Taekwondo, I'm not sure if it's the same in, but now you have to do all, you have to demonstrate all the patterns, right? So even though I know now the the last pattern just before this belt, for me to remember my yellow belt pattern, the simplest of patterns, I you it's have to, to remember. Bat, It's hard to remember because I'm I'm used to all of my my inside blocks and you know my kicks or whatever and my back stance, all these things, but I couldn't do a basic walking stance and like punch in a high block like in mm-hmm. a in a three second pattern so now what i'm doing is i'm now going to go back through that because as you get to that black belt stage you realize i know nothing
0: yep those it's- basics are okay. so important and you know it's easy to say hey but you know whatever i want to know how to do that triple spin back kick thing or whatever it is um but i had one of my instructors i used to watch him compete in the international stage and he used a front kick and a reverse punch and See? <laughs> basic ax.
1: moves, guys. Basic, <laughs> basic moves, right? Like it's just like a right one. Yeah, point, that's it. You know what I mean? You're blocking and stepping aside. But then people always see the fancy stuff and think Bruce yeah. Lee and think all these things. And really, Bruce Lee will tell you the exact same thing. It's like it's be simple. Keep it simple. Be like yeah. water. As long as you know the basic moves, you can you can navigate. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Um, on that note, um, where can people find you online? So people can find me at Ohms Creates. That's O-M-S Creates, C-R-E-A-T-E-S on Instagram. It's Ohms Creates across the board on Facebook, but I prefer Instagram. Um, Twitter, somebody else has Ohms Creates, and I had to use Ohms Create. I'm not the biggest Twitter person because I'm not really trying to follow the news that much, but I will Mm -hmm. be launching a website soon enough, so um, that... I, I. I will actually promote that on my actual Instagram. Once I actually figure out what domain I want to go with, it might just be my name, um, OmarHopkinson.com, which I had in the past. Um, other than that, people could hit me up at that, you know, my contacts on uh, IG as well, and we can get it working. But, you know, I'm always here to have a conversation. If I don't respond right away, it's nothing personal. It's just, I suck at the DM stuff and, you know, I get busy, but yeah.
0: Cool. Um, Thank you very much for doing the show. And, you know, we're going to build at some point, we talked about collabing at some point and all of that stuff too. So
1: yeah. I appreciate that, man. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. Art Pays Me podcast to the world. Yes.
0: Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this Please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays me at artpaysme.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.